Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Patrick Hoffman. Patrick is the COO of Hillsbridge Global Water, a company that specializes in water treatment technology. He is an expert and a leader in waste and wastewater management, which has earned him international awards and nominations in the sector. During this episode, we discuss the global water crisis, the importance of raising water awareness, how water is recycled, and the financial impact it can have on businesses. And the last message he wanted to share is think about water and look at it from a different perspective. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Mr. Patrick Hoffman. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So Patrick, me and you got connected, you know, through my father. So shout out dad. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, I remember when he told me about the work you do, which mainly revolves, you know, around water. You've been in that industry for almost 20 years um and from luxembourg to dubai i've te- uh, i did my research look at the project some of the projects you've done and nowadays i think you're starting to uh hear more about it in the news about like water shortages or water mm-hmm. awareness is something that's really starting to grow um i don't know how bad the situation is so that's why <laughs> i think you'll be able to give us a better idea mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just want to talk to you basically today about water. Why is it so important? Why do you do the work you do? And you know, what's the future, you know, looking like over the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. But before we get into everything, Patrick, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Ah, well, it's a pleasure. Yes. Uh, yes. My name is Patrick. Uh, I'm from Luxembourg, as you said, and yeah, since now 2009 in the UAE. And um, my background is in environmental engineering, uh, which I did also my whole life. Uh, actually, I started with uh, in solid waste management, and um, only switched around 10, 12, uh, about twelve years ago to water. Okay. Yes, before it was just only solid waste. But the solid waste management, uh, there was so much competition, and I met some uh, people from Luxembourg during the inauguration of uh, the Luxembourg Embassy in Abu Dhabi, and then uh, we spoke about water, and uh, I thought water that is the future because uh, yeah we have only a finite resource of uh, amount of water on Earth, and we we'll need to manage it well. Yeah, and uh, as you said, yes, nobody spoke about it so far, and but that time we thought, okay, we need to do something and more on a decentralized level. Decentralized. Yes, uh, that means uh, at source. I, I was also. In my in waste management, I was always focusing on segregating also at source. That means everybody does some small efforts sure. and to get the materials, the recyclables, as clean as possible. So for an easier recyclable and uh, a valuable product. You know? yeah. So making a lot of waste, a valuable product. Mm-hmm. And the same idea was then born with uh, water. With water? Yes. Okay. Because uh, water is, uh, I think, the transfer of water is enormous. I think it needs to be always there where it is needed. Yeah. And then when it is needed, it is wasted and it needs to be transported to be treated again. Yeah. And uh, huge distances and so on. And um, luckily, one of our guys, he was a, uh, an expert since well, since the 80s oh, wow. in a very special filter. Okay. And uh, with these filters, uh, out of ceramics, really high quality filters, we said this is uh, the 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 piece uh, the heart of the uh, of the of the equipment we can use mm. to go decentralized yeah for water treatment yes so when you talk about decentralized for water treatment does are you, does that mean without government intervention and having a what's i guess a private sector solution is that what that means yes uh, but we had the um, 
the idea was, yeah, we were, we tried two different markets. The one was from the uh, agricultural markets, but more on the energy side, like a bio biogas plants, because they have also a lot of uh, water involved in their sludge. Mm -hmm. And the other one was the industrial. Okay. We did uh, we did not touch now the governmental side because government side is like you have like the big players even uh, like Veolia and B6. Mm -hmm. So they are all, all the operators like governments who operate big sewage treatment plants. Okay. But there is a gap in between like the small water filters you have at home uh, for the tap water, which are the market is saturated uh, with uh, mostly Chinese products. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the next step is the sewage treatment plant okay. to clean again water. And in between there was nothing. Okay. Uh, so, and that's where we position ourselves in that in that, in that gap. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Okay. But nowadays, uh, a term which is more familiar, maybe not only in water, but in and also in the, in the financials, it's the circular FT, so circular the circular economy. Sorry. Yeah, the circular economy approach. Yes. Yeah, that and that is what we are doing too. The decentralized means the circular water management, because okay, you can treat it within a small circle. Yeah. The more restricted, the more the less you need to transport the water. Interesting. So, okay. Yes. So if you have a single building or an industry, mm. you, know, you can take that wastewater instead of uh, dumping it directly to the sewer. We can uh, we can catch it, we treat it, and we give it back for reuse. Interesting. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So um, so I have so many questions because when I was doing when I was doing uh, my research, I was uh, I was learning about how. First of all, I never knew, I never thought of the uh, the relationship between business and water, and especially a business mm -hmm. that maybe not necessarily is in like, for example, shipping or something like that, that I would like, oh, okay, that's on the water. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, looking through your website at Hillsbridge, uh, I learned a lot about, oh, wow, okay, if the supply chain of make me making that product takes this much water and you have less, and then that's going to trickle down and affect so many other things. And I was like, that's so, I've never mm -hmm. thought of that relationship. And I don't think, I think in general, people wouldn't associate the two, but I wanted to come back to something. Uh, you actually posted about this last week and I thought it was interesting. Um, you were talking about how what water awareness has risen, but net zero, uh, the net zero carbon emissions approach that is, you know, the, the, the spotlight, the spotlight yes. is focused on that rather than yeah. that. So two questions. First of all, let's start. Why do you think that right now is still is still in the spotlight in comparison to water awareness? But I think the, the question, I think it's very, it's a very interesting question and very important. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, it's in the spotlight, maybe because of uh, politics. Politics. Because, yeah. So somebody <clears throat> gives incentives or pushes companies to uh to to move in a certain direction and from the green economy uh waste management and everything it uh, shifted into everything has to be related to carbon carbon emission because of climate change climate change was since years is in uh, is gaining momentum uh, is increasing is in all everybody's mouth everybody knows everybody's talking about media is talking about it and so it's it's a, a huge yeah media event business basically the climate <laughs> change you know Activists and 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 then uh, conferences are held and global agreements and so on and uh, that's why the net zero it it's just a term which developed over the climate change yes. because climate change is all related to carbon and our emissions and um, it's only yeah what was it uh, about five to seven years ago Price Waterhouse Coopers luckily they also started uh, pushing towards the water. Mm. 
And even then, but it was not in the media. The media did not report about it or speak about it. But um, uh, they said, uh, asking the CEOs of the top companies in the world, water was among the five top business risks. And as, as, as you said, yeah, nobody's aware of it. But we all said, water we need to drink. Yeah, how much do we need to drink? A liter or two per day, uh, something like that, because we got a lot of so, from food. But liquid like this, is, with a liter of water per day, drinking is fine. So that's not much, too much. But if you are buying uh, one pair of jeans, you are consuming already 8,000 liters. Wow. One pair of jeans. Wow. Uh, so okay. it's the industry who, to, which sustains our lifestyle where the water is actually needed and in return also polluted. Because uh, to, to treat stuff, water is the best uh, solvent in the world. Uh, so it can transport anything, it can dissolve so many things, you know. And uh, so to, to produce stuff, you have a lot of, you need a bit of a lot of cleaning, you need a lot of uh, cooling, you need a lot of heating. And uh, so there water is used and polluted in the same time and in okay. large quantities because I think uh, small industries that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so they're getting bigger and bigger. And so does the, and then in the same time, uh, the environmental regulations are getting more stringent, which is also then again, that's politics again, to help uh, companies to move to a, a more sustainable way of using water. So do you think, so it sounds like the main reason, or at least from your perspective, that net zero and carbon emissions are in the spotlight is because of the crazy media push that has happened glo globally and that has trickled into different areas of you know the world and businesses yeah that is like a marketing tool used by industries and mm. to say okay we are green mm -hmm. uh, but the industries they don't do it just for fun <laughs> yeah uh, and also not because of only law but they also got incentives uh, or they are restricted to they need to do something that in return to getting something or to getting a permission mm. you know? yes. yeah and it's a brilliant marketing tool, of course, the green economy. And, and people are, especially now, people are getting more and more aware. They are choosing eco-friendly products over, or more and more eco-friendly products over less eco-friendly products. Yeah. That happens with hotels. If a hotel chain has better environmental programs, uh, the people see it as a higher value than if you have an hotel who doesn't care, yeah. which is hardly existing anymore, the big chains. Yeah, uh, but it's a marketing tool, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that, that green, it's like a badge, you yes. know, that badge of approval, you know, I'm part of that, part yes. of this, you know, this initiative, part mm -hmm. of this green thing. Does, do you think that all, even though maybe water isn't, water isn't the spotlight yet and it should be, do all the things that companies and industries are doing and people to tackle the net zero does that have a trickle-down effect, a positive effect on water, or are they really two completely, these are two completely separate things? No, no, it's not at all. They are linked. Okay. Because even with the uh, the sustainable goals, uh, the water is part of most of them. Because if you need to transfer water, you need energy. And energy you need, again, uh, is related to carbon, because to produce energy, you know, <laughs> mostly oil yeah and so we are again in the carbon cycle and uh, if you need to transport lots uh, loads amount of uh, of water you need again energy at the same time um, there is even a lot of energy stored inside the water inside and, that is, the and water. that is also what we are tackling or what we are also focusing on not only to to clean the water but to uh, extract so to say 
the energy which is stored in it. Because if in in buildings like uh, this one here, think you are doing laundry, washing machines, the showers, mm -hmm. so you are heating up water. So energy is now in water because it's hot. Then it goes down the drain. Yeah. And whereas the energy going, the heat which you consumed, just into the environment. So if we are now treating the water at source in the building, you can reuse this heat for other purposes. Yeah. That's so interesting. I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea because when you were talking about energy and water, I'm like, so I, I, I didn't fully understand. I'm like, okay, that makes that makes so yeah. much sense. This is this is known as uh, the one water and energy nexus. So they are interchangeable, interlinked. They cannot one yeah, without yeah. the other doesn't work. Yeah. Um. And so, do you think that? Oh, let me ask you. This. What do you think needs to happen for water to become, for water to be in the spotlight mm. over the next five, ten years? Well, a lot uh, comes from the politics again. It's all, is it's, politics drives it that, that yes, much? Because it uh, gives uh, motivation to the industries to do something. Okay. If you have now, um, like if you have a steel company and you need loads of water mm. for cooling purposes, uh, and so the steel, that's why the steel companies are mostly just to, uh, close to a lake or close to a river. Uh, so they can withdraw water if they are not allowed anymore to withdraw water. So they need to do something yeah. because uh, they cannot just say we shift now yeah. <laughs> the, the industry uh, in another country or something like that. Yeah. So that's why um, on this side, plus, of course, awareness, like media plays a role that sure. everybody should be aware of, uh, of uh, the importance of water and uh, and that's also why I focus a lot on uh, to to give awareness. In um, we have some conferences as a speaker, yeah. And I I don't go into conferences doing technical speaking, uh, like technical presentations about how good we are or how brilliant we have uh, developed the system. No, but just to raise awareness about like simple examples, day to day life. What how much water do we actually consume to sustain our lifestyle? You know, yeah. and that is something which people that remains in their minds. Mm. Uh, and then they see, they start seeing water completely different. You know? Yeah. And if uh, many do do a step towards uh, reducing water consumption, like for instance here in the UAE, of course it'd be the hot, hot weather, and you need to take quite some more showers. Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> Europe, uh, right. uh, but the water consumption is around 500, 550 liters per hat, compared to uh, like in Germany or in Luxembourg, I think it's around 150 to max 200 wow. liters. Wow! Or a single hotel room, yeah, a five-star hotel room. They they have often uh, about two, I think, two thousand liters per day uh, of water per is it per room or per per guest. I don't know anymore. More. Okay. But what's the amount of water I needed? And just nobody is um, realizes it because it, it, it nobody is uh, being told. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> informed. It's no. aware, awareness is so important. That's uh, that's actually that's that's very very true. And those numbers are are staggering. Yeah. Me. Uh, I can't. Because I was thinking, uh, so I had someone on the podcast uh, we, uh, recently and we discussed, you know, we're talking about climate change and uh, recycling and stuff like that. And I, I was asking her the question and I'm going to ask it to you. Does every little bit count from an individual's perspective? Mm -hmm. Like if all like, because, you know, there's some people that recycle, there's some people that don't. But the people that recycle truly be believe that they are making a difference. And mm. then there's others that feel that this minor thing is not going to make that big of a difference. So in your example, if it's mm. taking, if I reduce, uh, let's say you said it's about 550 per person per day. Let's say if I reduce that to, let's say 500. Okay, that's great. 
but you just told me that it takes 8,000 liters to make one pair of jeans. So in That's comparison, it. it's even if I did, you know, mm. on the balance of play, um, it's my contribution is almost negligible. So That's what, true. what would you say? That's true. Yeah, sometimes it's, um, you might think it's um, you're a bit fooled uh, because what uh, one thing, but if you have many ants who can build fantastic, useful, and then now this uh, tiny animal, you know, if everybody contributes, nobody's going to change the world or save the world, mm -hmm. uh, but at least contributes. It's always about contribution and passing on the, the awareness of uh, the importance of how to manage water in future. And this has done, again, everything is somehow linked. Uh, that's also circularity. Yeah. Uh, because, as I said already, if uh, people get aware, they also choose companies who, uh, or suppliers who, um, who are also equally concerned about the environment, mm -hmm. you know. And if they can reduce their water consumption, again, like a paper mill, for instance, you know, if they can market it green that they have now, that uh, they recycle their water. And because it's also the public who can put pressure on the industries. Exactly. So it's... Uh so it seems like the the, the track is po politics enforces laws. Mm. Indust uh, this raise, uh, industries have to react. Raises this raises awareness for gen the general public, and mm. then impact is impact. Uh, that change becomes like significant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of work to get through to make. Yes. It. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's but the thing is, you know, on the other hand. Um, you know, sometimes we also create uh, regulations and uh, you might think, okay, why? But uh, we are also a growing number of people on earth and everybody also needs a job. Yes. <laughs> so the more regulations, the more jobs need to be to set it in place, to control, to follow up, to monitor, to implement. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we all need to, to earn our bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's true, that's true. Um, so we've talked about how the the i guess the the flow of change that needs to happen uh, the flow of the sequence of events that needs to happen for mm. a big change to occur in this industry now first of all when i was doing my research i learned about something called water stress you know nationally i'm like i've never heard of that and yeah. not not surprising that this region is the highest because we are in the desert yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense one thing though that i found interesting was this so look i really don't know anything about this so i'm i'm like a blank slate mm -hmm. so there was a statistic that i think what um for 44 percent treats like will will treat the water and even a smaller percentage would reuse the water so and so maybe there's something that I don't understand. Why would I go through the effort of treating water if I don't have the intention to reuse it? Like in my, from my perspective, if I'm treating 50%, then my reusability should be 50%. Otherwise, what am I treating it for? So could you tell me like a little bit more about that? Yes, I think there's on two levels we need to discuss there. Um, personally, uh, why do you do this? Because... It's true. Um, that's why uh, if you treat water on site, you, there must, must also be a, a use for that water. Sure. Because there are, sometimes there are industries or there are hotels who say, okay, I can treat, you have now, let's, I don't know, let's say just a number like uh, 500 cubic meters of wastewater per day, and we can treat 80% of it, okay. uh, and then you can reuse it, but where? <laughs> Where can we use it? Because not everywhere you can. There's a hotel which is, for instance, not doesn't have its own cooling tower for district cooling, so which would consume a lot of water, but it doesn't have. So where to use it? 
maybe in their laundry. But nowadays, the laundries are not anymore in the hotels. They are getting, getting into, into bigger uh, centralized laundries. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to use the water. That's true. Sometimes there's no use. So the only, only thing you can do is uh, you can dispose it of or recycle a small amount to reuse it. But that's it. Because you cannot use the... Or you could, but it's by law, but also not... Uh, uh, it's forbidden mm -hmm. uh, to use wastewater, to clean it on site and to reuse it as potable water. That is forbidden. Okay. Uh, it's, all, it, it's also understandable because, uh, you know, imagine something happens. Yeah. And then a private a, a, a company would be responsible of somebody having health issues. And how can you find out where this health issue is coming from? Is that really because of that recycled water or is that because uh, you had some f food which was uh, bad or yeah. you don't know? You know? Yeah, where does it come from? True. But if, as, uh, if it's not protected by government... And the private industry, um, yeah, they have the shortest breath. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, in terms of reuse, so first of all, you need to have it to you need to be able to reuse it actually on site. That's okay. true. Secondly, um, if you are not treating the water and you just release it into the environment, which by the way, eighty percent of wastewater globally is still not treated, but just released into the environment. Okay. But this wastewater has uh, pollution mm. from microorganisms, bacteria, viruses heavy metals, you know, there can be anything in it which is harmful not only for humans but also for the environment. And uh, since water is circulating the whole planet in the cycle, mm. wastewater ends up in the environment. In the environment we have a filter, natural filter, that is our soil. And uh, the soil and even lakes and rivers, so the environment cleans water but very slowly. And okay. technology makes it fast. Okay. But then a technology, you can remove and treat the pollutants, but in the environment, they will accumulate. Yeah. No, and no. then if you have accumulation in a, in a river, in a, in a, and every, every water ends up in the river, in the sea, in a lake, in even the contaminated soils, you have a problem because then you are contaminating ourselves again. Look, mm. for instance, in northern India, uh, there are massive amounts of uh, arsenic in water, which is harmful to, the uh, to, to health. And people are now suffering because the soil is uh, full of arsenic. You have agriculture. Uh, the plants absorb it. You mm. eat it. When it goes into the river, the fish will absorb it. We eat the fish. So we are contaminating ourselves yeah. if we are not polluting it and removing the pollution. Okay, interesting. So just to recap, so the two, I guess the two areas to look at is number one is if I treat it, do I have, how can I reuse it? Mm. That's, that, that's one area. And number two is how do, should I treat it anyway? If I'm not gonna, if I have no plan to reuse, yeah, that is then, yeah, that is more on the um, on the government. So if you have now in a developed country, uh, you have centralized sewage treatment plants, uh, which can treat the water uh, through a big uh, tunnel system of uh, pipe system. Uh, and if you are not in developed countries and the industries, they have nothing to they cannot dispose of the, the water except in, in the environment. There, it would make sense to treat it and to reuse it to minimize the pollution. Yeah. So when it comes, so when and when we talk, just so uh, everyone understands. So when you're saying I'm treating water, mm. that means does that mean I'm taking it from wastewater, or in other words, um, and wastewater is something. For example, if I just clean the dishes, whatever water yes. is flows down after that, that would be considered wastewater, yes. dirty water, polluted. So treating water means taking it from that to 
is it drinkable? Is that what that when I'm saying, oh, we're treating water, does that mean taking it from this to something that so something that maybe people can consume? Or what does that mean when I'm treating water? Yeah, um, you can treat it to or we we also can treat it to any level of cleanliness you need. Okay, so, there are, so there's levels to it. Yes. Oh, that, okay. Now, for instance, if you have a car wash, the the water which is recycled there and reuse uh, doesn't need to be that clean. <laughs> uh, it should not have no solid inside, which will damage. <laughs> so, yeah, but you should not drink that water. Um, yeah. So, if uh, process water for industries, every industry needs different uh, kinds of water. Laundry needs a different water than uh, the steel industry. Uh, paper mill is different water, you know, so everybody has its own, but still the, uh, all not potable water. But you, you don't need to have potable water to have this processed water. But there are industries where you need to have even cleaner water than uh, potable water. Mm. Uh, that, that needs to be ultra clean water uh, where everything is uh, removed. It would not be good for drinking because it will uh, suck or dissolve the minerals out of your body into the water and then you will have a hard time and oh, health wow. issues yes because it's so clean if you are now in microelectronics uh, uh for instance they need such a clean water or in cooling towers because it's like if you're cooking at home uh, your spaghetti pasta and you have salt water flowing over uh, your your stove you have these deposits yes. minerals yes even if you have uh, normal bottled water you have uh, minerals inside mm -hmm. so these minerals they will crystallize as soon as water evaporates yeah so some industries they they don't. They they need to have these minerals removed. So that is so clean water, that uh, yes. So that oh, depends. Man. The quality is um, depending always on for what is it uh, for what purpose is the use uh, for what purpose is the water used. And I would assume that the more refined it is, the more costly it is. Yes. Yeah. Every tre treatment stage, of course, uh, adds uh, more. To every technology, more technology. The more technology, the need to purchase the equipment and you need to maintain and run the equipment that's yeah but i've never i've never i've never heard or knew that water could be so clean that like uh, it would actually negatively affect yes. my health i would think oh it's the cleanest water great yeah i'll drink it's, it's super like, clean yes <laughs> if you have a heart you can be buying stuff for instance the distillate uh, distillate water that is too clean. It cannot really should not drink it. Yeah. Uh, but if you are doing the ironing only of your clothes and you have mineral water, you will have deposits on the iron box. Yeah. And with distilled water, you won't have because there are no minerals inside. Yeah, yeah. So um, coming on to, I wanted to kind of come on because you've been in it for quite a while. So mm -hmm. was now, like, for example, I know in, <clears throat> I think it was 2017, 2018, when South Africa had day zero. I remember seeing that on the news and... Mm -hmm. They were saying that we're gonna run out of water, and I'm like, I've never like that concept of running out of water has never existed. I've never even known that was possible. I've never experienced that, you know, knock on wood in my life. But now I know they're like now it's growing, or it seems that we're moving towards a significant water crisis globally. Mm -hmm. But my question is, has that risk always been there? Or has it, for example, in your time in the industry that you've seen over the last 12, uh, 12 years gone from, yeah, it's a problem, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's manageable to, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years where we are today that, oh, no, now we're getting into, you know, it's starting to really shift in the wrong direction. Yes, uh, true. Um, 
uh, it, but majorly the thing is, uh, we have this finite resource of water on Earth, and the thing is, the population is growing, and uh, people are migrating to the cities. So mm. the urban areas are developing, and uh, rural areas are reducing. So, and that's why we need more and more water on a small area. No? And in these areas, uh, usually there's not enough water there because it's just because of population growth. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, it wasn't that much of a problem. or It was already a problem, but nobody was really talking about it. No? Uh, that's why I think, uh, that, as I told before, that PricewaterhouseCoopers was already doing a study seven years ago and said the top five risk is one of it is water. Yeah. Um, so it's because of population growth and uh, extrapolating the, the numbers of growth means uh, we will very soon run into a serious problem uh, yeah. of the water. Yeah. Uh, not only because there's a shortage of water, of clean water there, but also the, about the quality to treat the water. The quality to treat the water. The, the quality of water. So um, there's not, because 80% are still not treated of the water. So yeah. it is polluted and this is the con con contamination we remain. 80% is a is a crazy number. That's all, it's, yeah. you know, like if only 20% globally is, what do you think the reason for that is? Is it because it's just either I have, there's no incentive for me to treat for my business to, you know, do anything about this water to, to put that extra cost to, tr uh, to treat it? Mm. Or is it that there is, I don't have necessarily a reusability case for this. So what's the point? It's also the economy of every country. Um, okay. To have like, um, and how countries prioritize this issue of water. Yeah. Because if they have other problems to solve first <laughs> to develop their country into a more manageable one than water, um, uh, yeah, it's usually lining up far behind. Yeah. Plus, um, you know, I came to know <laughs> a funny thing when I go back to, to to Luxembourg. You know, they say, ah, but you know, in Dubai or in uh, the UAE, the Middle East. You have only one person who's ruling, and uh, in Europe you have then the parties. I said yes, but the thing is, uh, the politicians they are elected for four years or five years, depending on the country. So they are, uh, they want to act in a way which makes them popular, to be re-elected. Sure, but yeah. people rulers in this country uh, they can set long-term goals. Yeah, and in water you need long-term goals uh, mm. in order to to make a, a change not the short-term goals. And with politicians, it's often the case that it's uh, short-term. Uh, yeah. Because four years is uh, not a long time. <laughs> so when you say long, when you're talking about long-term, how long are we talking? As long as possible, because uh, you like cannot hurt 10, it. 20. But, uh, might, yeah, 10, 20, uh, minimum 10 years. Uh, 10 years is still medium term, but you have to have goals like uh, at least 20 years, 30 years. Wow, uh, okay. To look into the future. Wow. Because you just need that. The migrate people are migrating to the city, so cities are developing, and uh, accordingly, that that doesn't happen overnight. And even in 10, 20 years, look at uh, Dubai was developed very, very fast. That's but, true. No, yes, there was. But it still took 10, 20 years uh, to grow to that point. Um, like when was Marina the build? 2006. Now we are 2022. Yeah. The 23, oh, sorry. It's been almost 20 years of Marina. Yeah. That's crazy. It's more, yeah. So uh, there was nothing. Now there are massive amounts of <laughs> things. <laughs> Yeah. I wanted to uh, uh, come on to uh, drinking water, mm -hmm. right? So, if correct me if I'm wrong, this is from what I have, guess I've heard or read, or mm -hmm. I don't know. So, to produce drinking water, I get I'll take water from, for example, uh, the sea, 
Mm-hmm. I take it to a treatment plant. I treat it. I remove the salt and I convert that into drinking water. And then, but apparently, I don't know if this is true. The whatever salt deposits, kind of like what you're saying, the minerals that have been now extract, I'm um, taking out from it to make it drinkable. Mm-hmm. That is that pumped back into the ocean, and does that have a neg? Like the more I'm doing out, the more I'm salting the ocean, the more mm-hmm. that's going to affect the ecosystem and the wildlife and the fish. Is that true, or have I that's, missed something? No, that's perfectly true. Oh, okay. because uh, yeah, that that is. Um, Unfortunately, most of the water on Earth is uh, saline, so it's salt water. Yeah. And uh, to remove salt, uh, nowadays though, there are three, four systems, but there is one which is the most efficient one, uh, like the reverse osmosis is called, and that removes all the salts, well, not all the, most of the salt from from uh, the water, so to make it pos- potable. Mm. And then you are left with uh, this concentrate. No. Yes, and this concentrate you need to dispose it of somewhere. Uh, you cannot put it on land because uh, the vast amount of quantities are, are, are produced daily, and uh, so you have like salt mountains. Yes, we would have. Yeah, and that there's not enough space available. It's rather inefficient <laughs> to to uh, to pump water back on the on the land, so it gets infiltrated into soil, which is also not the solution. So they have to pump it back into the sea. And unfortunately, now in the UAE, now we have the Persian Gulf, which is not an open sea; it's a Gulf. And that's why the salinity of uh, of the Persian Gulf is increasing year by year. Okay. And it's already now, I think, uh, 10% more saline than uh, like uh, like the Indian Ocean. Oh wow! Yes. And so and so it's 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 so fun. It's so I don't know funny is the right word, but it's so interesting how the it's all as like everything's a cycle. Okay, uh, more people are moving to the city. Okay, that means I need more water. Okay, that means I need to desalinate more water. Okay, mm-hmm. that means I'm putting more salt back into that. And then, but now there's more salt here, so it's going to cost me more to do that again, and it's going to get hard. Yes. And I just, it does. I don't see a very positive. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a, it's a it's a vicious circle. That's true. That's true. That's true. So what I guess. What makes you passionate about water? Why? Or what? What is the reason? You know, I you said you you know you've been going to conferences. I know you give talks and I give awareness, which is fantastic. And I think we mm-hmm. definitely need more than that. But what makes you passionate about it? I think since I was a child, me and water, it was like one. Okay. <laughs> so okay. When I went for when we went for holiday, I was the first in water, uh, no matter how cold it was, <laughs> and I was the last one out. You know, sometimes my lips were blue. <laughs> I also like to dive. Um, uh, I like the environment. Uh, I like nature, and uh, so that. And then comes the fact. So uh, yeah, the environment, nature, water. That was fascinating for me. And then comes the fact about, as you were also now astonished about some facts about water and uh, <laughs> had no idea, and the whole the complexity of water and to understand really water and it's it looks it looks like yeah it's water, <laughs> it's, it's yeah very simple basically, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's so complex and then to understand the water to understand how water behaves when you add chemicals when you remove them, uh, so it's um, as an engineer you are always you know I'm I I am interested in that and that makes me fascinated so. Combining the water, just I used to love it being pools in the sea, and, so, and then understanding the water and to make it use for benefit for for, for beneficial use uh, uh, to help contributing sure. a bit. And uh, on the other side, uh, as an engineer, you, I'm, I'm also liking to explore, to discover new things. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm also in Dubai and not uh, in Luxembourg, because <laughs> many people ask me, 
I started in, actually in 2009, just a small <laughs> side story. <laughs> uh, when I came to Hazakheima, I also saw, okay, mm -hmm, that looks uh, a bit uh, village-like here. Mm -hmm. And people were asking, what are you doing here? You know, why do you come to us? Stay there. I said, no, but I like it. I like the challenge. I like to develop something, to help, uh, to create something. And that I can also find the same in water because it, uh, especially now with the circular uh, management of water, yeah. we developed our own technology. And that's where I could also develop the process, experience with the equipment. And um, so the creative mind. So that I think these three cornerstones, which uh, make me so fascinated. It's not easy to survive in the market, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> as I said, if you do it with your heart, then uh, it's yeah. difficult to get itself then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's uh, it's interesting. So, uh, so there's your history with water, which you've always loved. So you yes. know, there's that feeling, and then there's the complexity of it, which intrigues you as an engineer and the ability to develop something that long term is for the benefit of everyone. Yes, uh, in essence. Yeah, yeah. In essence, yes. yes. And so you've mentioned the that these circular uh, eco uh, economy ap approach um, mm -hmm. a couple of times. So could you tell us about Hillsbridge, uh, the work you guys do and about this specific approach? What is it? How is it different from, I guess, the the nonlinear way things are done done now? Uh, well, the nonlinear thing, okay, yes, but that's, um, that is now a big question. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just thinking where to start. Uh, about the process, but the non the, by the technology, uh, what by Hillsbridge and the, the the linear way, let's say it like this, it's just yeah, you use it, you dispose it off, and then it goes somewhere. If it's treated or not treated, that's the linear way. Um, the huge uh, sewage treatment plants, um, they have a chemical, a physical and chemical process to process the water, which is sometimes needed. Okay. If you now go uh, decentralized in a circular way, uh, so you go locally to an industry or to building to a community, um, you might not need uh, the the biological and processes which is used in the big sewage treatment plants. Uh, but I try to do it uh, to add as less uh, as less as possible things to the water. Mm. But we focus on removing the bad things from the water. Yeah, and not trying not to add chemicals or whatever, and try also to simplify the process as much as possible that it is uh, used for industries. Uh, you can, you, there are also mini sewage treatment plants available. Uh, that is nothing new, uh, which is very beneficial depending on if you have uh, like uh, food industries uh, which have high organic loads, you need to have these package plant which have the, it's like a mini sewage treatment plant. Mm -hmm. um, what we we can do that too, but the main thing which we were focusing on and what makes also us different from uh, other competitors, first of all, our knowledge and expertise. Knowledge and expertise. Um, we are because now, since the water market developed now recently, and all of a sudden you saw many companies trying to to jump into that boat, and uh, to um, to also get into the market to make some profit out of it. But without only relying on uh, on standard products and standard know-how, mm. uh, we developed now the, over the past seven years, yeah, seven eight years, uh, on site we made a pilot a pilot uh, units, and we took really time to to develop the process and to, and to better understand the the wastewater of industries and the needs. Um, and so we don't have the standard products, but we are more uh, innovative. Mm. 
and um, and because we have a filter which we don't produce, so we we are like a car manufacturer which gets equipment from the market and we assemble it into a process. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. gotcha. Okay. So the heart of our process is uh, a ceramic membrane, which is used um, since of since 1940s, but it was in the nuclear industry. Oh wow! Okay, yes, that's what to, to enrich uranium. That was uh, that's why it is uh, so fam famous in in France. And sorry, and then it developed into uh, into the food and beverage industry. And every time we have a, speci um, a, speci a high uh, or a, a liquid to separate, which is difficult to separate, the ceramic membranes were the best because they're heavy duty. <laughs> and yeah. uh, in wastewater of industries, you know, it's also highly contaminated water and mm. with fluctuations. And uh, so it's really, it's, uh, the, the equipment was really tough to, uh, to operate efficiently. And okay. other competitors, they just used, for instance, these plastic membranes, which are uh, known since also decades and very popular. And they are really good, but for lightweight or light, uh, lightly contamination, let's say like this. They cannot handle now with fluctuations and they are cheap, but uh, they are rated operation costs are very, very high. And that makes us difference because we have the know-how since 1984 uh, with these membranes, which were never used in the environmental sector. But uh, they were used, uh, uh, but uh, water gets now so precious that it makes sense to use them now, nowadays in water, in the environmental sector, these membranes. Okay. Yes. And then uh, the whole process, it's nice if you have a bunch of equipment uh, uh, lining up, but uh, somebody also needs to manage that. And so sure. there needs to be a brain uh, behind it. And that's why we also have a, we write our own software, that's a, not really software, a program. Mm -hmm. We know how to, uh, that the system should operate from input to you get your clean water. Yeah. Every is, everything is regulated by a machine which uh, regulates the process automatically. And that is uh, our two big differences. First of all, the hardware machine, this uh, uh, ceramic membranes. And secondly, the process uh, management software mm. who can uh, efficiently treat this water. It's interesting when um, how products that were made for such uh, specific things. For example, um, you see things like tires from uh, the, the technology they use for like tires at NASA on the moon, you know, company, I've seen companies now that like are taking that approach and um, using it in a different industry in a different way. So it's really interesting mm -hmm. how something that had, uh, I guess, no initial use in the environmental sector has become something that is so powerful in, you know, in that sector. True. And I think you hit nail on the head in the sense that there's a lot of, you can find, you can find a lot of similar products in anything, in anything in the world. But it, there's a difference between getting the product, assembling that product with others, and then strategically and operationally putting that all together to get you that end result. And that is a pretty hard thing to do. Yes. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to water and how you guys, I guess, uh, your your approach. So do I come to you and be like, uh, hi, Patrick, um, I would like to, uh, uh, I see water as a risk to my business and I would like to, you know, uh, address that and redu either reduce my consumption or treat it or reuse it, whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. What is that? 
like flow of course like what would you be asking me in terms of like to get like what information would you need from my end for me to help you mm. get that done yeah that is another part which separates us from many other competitors um that first of all we are doing we are engineers we understand water which is very very important that's crucial to understand water and to also to understand the industry mm -hmm. means you need to combine okay what does the industry really need and how can we manage that water will be so that they can efficiently reuse the water yeah so we do um so first of all our expertise and we take the time to do a feasibility study if it's beneficial for the client or not and uh, so in, in order to not to waste money for the client, he can say at any time, okay, we can use it, but uh, this will be approximately your cost. And it's uh, environmental friendly. It is cost-wise, hmm, mm. that might yeah, be not feasible. Not so friendly. <laughs> Still, the client has done the say, say, yes, I want to go on. I know I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, other companies, which, I re which we realize now over the past years, uh, they try just to sell. A product. Yeah, we have it. We have uh, these, uh, our technology. You got it. Uh, it's quickly. Blah blah blah. It's cheap. You won't find cheaper. Yes, there's one cheaper. I got it cheaper to you. So mm -hmm. they were competing on price rather to sell it, to sell something and not to deliver a solution. Yeah. And we are more taking the solution, approach. Yeah, solution approach, no? which um, uh, which gives value to the customer. Uh, should put him also, uh, and it reduces the risk because we saw so many companies investing in already in two different technologies for the water recycling, and both failed. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Okay. And, it's, uh, and, and some, sometimes, some, sometimes um, people learn it the hard way. And, but yeah, they, usually. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, you have an industry, and if you are good in your laundry or a general manager of a hotel or even the, the director of engineering, they know their business. They know how to operate a hotel. They know how to operate a laundry or whatever industry they are. But they have no, they just use water and dispose it off. So how are we supposed to provide, uh, sell, sell something when, and they have no idea, is it good or is it not good? So their decision making was based on, okay, that's cheap, but we'll take this Yeah. to minimize risk. But it, that was immediately money thrown out of the thing. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Even if you see their proposal, their companies will have a proposal of three pages. And then you read uh, the specifications in the limits where this plant can operate mm. and you say, this water is nearly clean. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, this clean water can be treated by that plant. But we are talking here about wastewater, you know. Mm. And but of course, the business owner they don't have an idea. They need to be educated. Of course. Uh, yeah. And that's also why we we consider not anymore only selling this, not selling the solution. We can still offer that, uh, but we also try to uh, to lease the technology. It means we are that's taking the risk. And then uh, the industry, because they have no idea what the water is, to minimize their risk, uh, we just sell them uh, or charge them a service. Yeah, you license it up. Yes. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's a very small. So it, that's then combining then, uh, and that might be even more uh, interesting, but also very complicated for me because it combines the environmental sector with water, which I know, with the financial sector, where I'm not so much into finance. So I learned also quite a lot over the past years because it was a financial exercise and a technical exercise right now and at the same time, you know. Yeah. Yes. But it's also the future because everybody should do whatever he's best in. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree, you know, stick to stick to what you know and usually yes. that's where you're going to find, you know, success. Yes. Um, and it's so interesting how uh, I think it's a great idea that you guys decided to lease that out because mm -hmm. that opens up so many, you know, so many doors. But I think you made a good point that there's people are experts in their respective industry, their business, 
Um, but when it comes to, for example, water, which is where you guys are the experts, there's a, there's a lot more that goes into understanding it than just, oh, that product is better than that, or that's cheaper than this mm -hmm. or, and being solution focused rather than product focused, I think is something that's so important, especially with something like water, I feel is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Um, Patrick, just have a few more questions for you. Um, so first of all, I wanted to ask, um, when it comes to recycling, I, we have now, I think everyone understands what the term recycling means in general when it comes to waste, mm -hmm. but I don't think we really understand it when it comes to water. So when you say recycling water, does that mean, um, that the water I just used to clean my dishes gets cleaned and then gets reused, for example, maybe in that never the next time I clean my dishes is going to be, I'm going to be using that same water and number two as individuals like myself, like you, how is the only way for us to have an impact or in other words, to recycle water by just reducing how much we use of it? Yes, of course. Yeah. If you have, uh, if you reduce the water, that's of course the first priority because everything which you don't uh, use and you don't need to treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And there's more than for others. Uh, for others you know? Yeah. And, uh, if you reduce by 20%, we can uh, add 20% of population. Yeah. <laughs> um, others, uh, to reuse the water now on an individual level, uh, like in households, um, it, I think it still will take time that you can, or maybe there are some states in the US, I think two states, where you can uh, reuse the water for non-potable use, even for potable use from time, time, sometimes, mm. but like showers or swimming pools and dishwashing. This, but then the houses also need to be equipped with that because you need them yeah. different. Uh, it's like nowadays you have uh, the wastewater line is uh, separated from the toilets, is separated with the gray water, which is uh, the, remaining, the remaining wastewater. It comes even so far that yellow and brown water is uh, separated. That means from number two and one, number one when you have <laughs> a toilet. Uh, even these can be separated, but it goes too far. But the same you need then to apply also for the water reuse, because if you open your kitchen tap, um, if it's recycled water, you should not now drink it because of the law. Mm. Mm, yeah. So it gets complicated mm. to reuse it inside the house. In I certain see. areas, okay. yes. And yeah. that is the beauty in the, now in the UAE, for instance, or in the Middle East where it is hot and you have uh, everywhere where you have cooling towers for AC. And mm. So you can reuse, collectively reuse the water from a whole building yeah. and which in return makes the operation cost, let's say called operation cost uh, of a building uh, less less yeah uh, because uh, you can use and treat the water on site so how does it work in um because i was thinking i'm like but there's countries in the world for example there's countries in the world where you can drink the tap water yes and that's fine so is that is the water just being treated on a national level is that what allows people to be able to drink straight from the tap water yeah. for example here i know we can't hear but like if you go to like Switzerland, for example, you probably can. You can drink, the, here you can drink the tap water. Okay, it's uh, treated with chlorine and so on. So it's um, yeah, not the best one, but uh, you can drink it. You won't die. From yeah, it. yeah. You don't get the disease. You know? Yeah. Um, the water treatment is generally not the problem. But again, uh, that's an interesting fact which uh, puts uh, recycling in uh, decentralized recycling in the spotlight in, uh, because 
uh, where does it come uh, no, no, for instance in any country water is treated made available for drinking the water at source where it's produced is clean uh, mm. then it, but uh, for instance here in Dubai they were uh, produced in Jablari yeah. but uh, the people in Deira they also need to have uh, water which mm. is just the opposite side of the city so you need to, trans uh, to transfer water from Jablali to Deira yeah and then uh, that goes to pump stations and pipes and mm. so on. And over years, there are leakages. Or if you have pressure pipes, and they remain clean. But then you have the storage tanks, which are on the roof, which and the, and the building maintenance, where they don't maintain the, uh, the tanks very well. These plastic tanks, you, know, you cannot imagine what you see inside that. Lizards and oh, wow. sands and so on. And everything comes through transmission and storage of water mm. where the contamination is added. Yeah. So the, so the source... Oh, how clean is the actual uh, water where I'm getting my water from? That's going to have an impact on everything else, you know, on yes. the treatment, on the transportation, on everything. Um, yeah, but no, it's because of the transportation of water oh, where the treatment is. You're through the transportation. Yes. Of, okay, okay, okay. Yes, because you have, uh, you don't have, now here, in the, for instance, you can, uh, in your sink, uh, the water tab is stainless steel. Uh, but where and the pipes you cannot we have don't have stainless steel pipes on the ground to transport the water they are of concrete or glass reinforced plastic and then there are manholes so dust can't come here thing you see how dusty mm -hmm. it is how so yeah. yes and then again the storage tanks which dust comes in and animals are attracted to these tanks too because water animals love water too sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they are around <laughs> Yeah, and that's how the water, before you come, it, it's through the transmission where the impurities are added. Yeah, and I never knew, I only learned about this recently, how I never thought about pipes. And I never knew about the importance of having good pipes because of how much water is lost globally from bad piping. And when I heard that, when I read that statistic, I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, what? Like. Mm -hmm. Because when I think of a leaky pipe, I'm like, okay, it's uh, imagine it's like this, and you know, there's like a little drop, a little drop, a little drop. But so I'm like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. But I'm guessing if you take those little drops and multiply it by the world, you're gonna that's a big, it's a big number. Yeah, there are, there are two issues, <coughs> two uh, two sources of um, wastage, and a very small one, as you said, as in every household, there are either te even technologies available which monitors in the household if a toilet is running. And there was a guy I knew. Um, he made one study about how much water is lost just because of your toilet, if it's running a bit. And it's a tiny amount of water. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. but over a year, that adds, uh, you, you spend quite a lot of money to, uh, because of these water leakages. Um, but then uh, where the serious problem comes is uh, the infrastructure, mm. which is again uh, where government needs to handle. Yeah. Like, check funds in US the infrastructure is horrible because nobody not only for the water but also bridges and here and there so there's a lot of issues in infrastructure yeah uh, and uh, go to London you might think in UK there's a lot of rain and they don't have any water problems Ron London has a water problem and will get even a worse water problem and some do also to uh, an old infrastructure mm. and when, when there are leakages there in the transmission of fresh water, so you leak it, you you, you transport the water, which goes back into the soil, and with wastewater, also leak it, just goes back into the soil and pollutes the environment at the same time. So when it comes, so is everything you just described? Is that what is that what water? Um, I guess water security means. Water security means to uh, is putting 
um, uh, infrastructures or systems or solutions in place to tackle every, uh, everything you just No, this is, um, that's not water security. Water security. Oh, that, that's something different. Okay. Yes. No, so water security means you need to, that is the whole management of water to, uh, so to make water available and in a good quality to the population. Okay. That is water security. Okay. And even in case of a breakdown, that the population still has uh, some water for a couple of days or weeks to live with. That is water security. Ah, okay. Yes. But the other one is just like uh, like, like pre preventive maintenance costs okay. uh, to, to ensure, the, to minimize the, the loss. Yeah, to minimize the minimize loss. Minimize and uh, minimize also the uh, that water gets uncontrolled into a uh, into the environment. Yeah. Um, I So I know we were talking about how uh, we've touched on briefly about the the uh, the global state of water and you know how you know people are as you mentioned people are more people are moving to cities that means there's more buildings there's more construction like this every the way the world is moving means that the uh, the accum the need for water and the accumulation of it is just going to increase you know uh, along you know along with that mm -hmm. and it's you know it's I, I think this is a more of a psychological question but. It's interesting how, for example, uh, I think w us as people, we're very bad at planning or like being proactive about something. We are very, we are more reactive. For example, mm. COVID, you know, before COVID, no one, no one cared about that. Well, or not that they didn't care, but there wasn't a global like wake up like guys. Yes. Like, health is the most important thing and so on, whatever. And now... When it comes to water, we've talked about how it's a finite resource. This is the challenge, at least for me, in mm. my head. So you're telling me it's a finite resource. So the word finite means limited, right? But I also know at the same time that most of the world is water. And if I go look at the ocean, I'm going to see like f at, the water never stops. No. So in my one part my eyes are like oh this is endless and then my brain's like oh but this is finite so <laughs> how do how do i i guess um is all sorry is all so does that mean my question to you is is all water treatable and reusable or is that or is that not the case yes um it's very very nice interesting question or fact, and you are absolutely right with the psychology, because uh, um, nobody really th thinks about water, especially, although, no, let's say it like this, um, people from developed countries, they don't think about water because they opened their tab and it was there. I, even I was the same. <laughs> even nowadays, it's very, you only realized, oh dear, I did again, oh they are not uh, switching on my water because I went to a new apartment and I have to wait until tomorrow. Then you realize how much But most of the people on earth, they have a problem with getting that water. So it's uh, for those who have it, it's a psychological effort. Just, well, how of water, water, what is that? It's, it's there, you see. Um, and then uh, in terms of treatability, yes, every water can be treated to, uh, to remove... Okay. That is, uh, I think I don't. It's it might some might be really difficult to treat, mm. but then uh, there are always ways to do it, because yeah, I think it's a fun fact is or fact to just also if you just figure it out psychology of why is this like uh, 
I think we all have, I'm 100% sure we have drunken already uh, the pee of dinosaurs because it, it went back, you know, every year so many people use it as things, but it's just, uh, it's like that, you know. Yeah. That should be a quote. <laughs> oh, sure. Go to space, uh, the space is now space mining and uh, going to Mars and everything, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, is uh, it's another part where uh, the focus lies on and if you are going there, even in this, in the uh, uh, how, how is ISS, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 how do they? They cannot have, uh, they don't have alien water delivered yeah. <laughs> to the doorstep. <laughs> no, they don't. But, so all the water, yeah. including the pee, mm. is uh, recycled on board, and they drink it. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they are self -self, They have this amount of water. Nothing goes to waste. Yeah. Everything is treated and recycled and reused. Mm. And I think something that's very important is that I think it's important to have an awareness of yes. the water situation, but I don't want to, but I don't want to know anything else because, <laughs> you know, because psychologically, if I know that, oh, this was recycled from sewage water, I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, I'm not buying this company anymore, <laughs> which it very probably might be, but yes. as long as, uh, you know, some, I think sometimes uh, ignorance is, is good to be. That's true. Good. But you know why, uh, I always, uh, if you are having surgery, mm -hmm. the most difficult patients are who? The surgeons themselves, because they know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The they have all the information. Yes. yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus. I know. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes <laughs> I think it's better not to know. Yes, that's true. Um, Patrick, uh, for my last two questions, these are questions I ask all my guests. Okay. So, um, first of all, looking back at your life, either personally or professionally, when I ask you the question, what are you most proud of? What would you say? Oh, <laughs> good. Um, about um, the way I am and my sense of exploration and um, uh, my good heart, and which is often taken advantage of, but yes, that is, uh, and then of course my parents who, who developed me to, to be like that, yes. Yeah, so it sounds like you're just very proud of who you, who you become or who yes. you are. Yeah, and I think that's, if, if uh, more people would feel that way about themselves, I think, you know, will be a lot happier that's a very nice true, beautiful true. thing um and for my last question patrick mm -hmm. what is the message that you'd like everyone to take home with them today hi hi <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> of course to think about water <laughs> and to see it with different eyes so you heard yes. it you heard it there guys think about water and look at it from a different perspective yes. um patrick i wanted to say thank you so so much for coming on the show i uh, thank you this has been so interesting for me uh at least when we started the conversation i knew nothing and now i still know nothing but i know a little bit more yes <laughs> um it's all about uh, raising the interest or like uh, you know it's like yeah. a movie an interesting movie so you make the topic interesting and then yeah. uh, it's something uh, i really wanted to have this conversation because i like having uh, conversations about topics that either I know nothing about mm. and usually after I speak to someone who's an expert in that it makes me think it broadens my you know perspective so that's very true I was very excited to sit down with you today yes. and you know have this conversation um, I, if anyone wants to you know get in touch with you connect with you uh, how can how can they do that let us know um, I, I'm on LinkedIn uh, I think that's the easiest way to connect yeah uh, there through through Hillsbridge Water, so my name just Patrick Hoffman. Unfortunately, there are many, many, many people who call Patrick <laughs> yeah, Hoffman. When I, by the way, when I searched yes. on LinkedIn, I was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> quite a lot." Yes, all through you. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you have all my details, and yeah, yes.
Awesome. Uh, Patrick, thanks so much again for coming on the show, man. Guys, to everyone listening, as always, please like, share, follow, and subscribe to the podcast at hope.it.helps with two S's. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. And thank you, Khalid. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> thank you.